podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a brand new series of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. This is Series 2, Episode 1. Welcome back to our regular listeners and welcome to any new listeners too. For the latter of you, I'm Harry Robinson and every week I'm joined by my co-host Jack Tate to preview and review matches as well as giving a roundup on our academy and our lone players. You can find us on Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod, P-O-D. For now though, let's get started with this preview of our pre-season tour to China as well as a friendly in the home country of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Sweden against Galatasaray where the Swede could make his debut. This week I'm alone without Jack as he's on holiday but we'll be joined by City fan Josh Lawless who was on back in March to discuss Manchester Derby in the strange setting of Beijing in China as well as our other pre-season games before the Community Shield at Wembley against Leicester City. So, we do come into our pre-season tour, having begun the Jose Mourinho era with a win. A good one at that, and an astonishing 5,400 United fans were at Wigan as we won 2-0. Just incredible the amount of support we get for an away game, an away friendly game at Wigan Athletic. Um, Main talking points were, of course, our new signings. Zlatan Ibrahimovic remains on holiday, actually. He's been lunching with Paul Pogba, creating a small explosion, while all the other Euro 2016 players were also unavailable for this friendly. However, uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan and Eric Bailey were both in action during the first half and were impressive. Bailey enjoyed one moment, particularly a little flick over his head um, and, and the onrushing striker also got flicked by it and then, and then he calmly passed it out of defence. And Although Daly Blind added an attacking contribution from defence last season and since Rio Ferdinand really and I think Bailey gives more than Ferdinand in terms of this attribute. Since Ferdinand, we haven't had a, a person, a, a very good mix of a very good defender plus a very good passer. I think Blind mainly benefited from the small amount of attacks that other teams had on us because of our possession-based football. And then we saw against Spurs and against Arsenal what happens when people do just pepper our goal with attacks. We lose 3-0. Daley Blind added that attacking contribution from defence. His passes were mainly lofted though and they switched to play like crossfield balls. Bailey provides the ability to play vertical passes immediately through the midfield. And as well, he, he goes out into midfield. In fact, he and Mkhitaryan linked up at one point to start an attack, which was strange but good to see. In terms of Mkhitaryan, he played at number 10 in the first half before getting replaced by Juan Mata at half-time. We assume that Mkhitaryan is going to play at the wide right position. Um, that's what we said in our podcast after he signed. That's back in the last episode of Series 1, Episode 25. That's why he was most effective for Borussia Dortmund last season, but he is very versatile. He could play at number 10, but trying to accommodate Wayne Rooney into this team, as Mourinho seems to be wanting to do. As he said in this press conference, we assume that Rooney will play number 10, since Mourinho also said that Rooney's not going to play in midfield. Um, Mkhitaryan did often drift to the wide right position, and again, makes it seem like that's his natural position. But often, he dropped to create a midfield three, which usually would restrict the width of our play, but because of the, the, the return of Luke Shaw, he added it back and by another midfielder and in the first half it was usually Carrick and although although Herrera and Pereira in the second half both did this as well one midfielder drops into defence and this uh, this allows the fullbacks to push up so very good with Shaw maybe less so when Damian comes back he's less of an attacking threat although his goal I think it was against Crystal Palace last season was an absolute screamer so Luke Shaw coming back absolutely fantastic to see Luke Shaw back in action it'll obviously take a few games to get back to full throttle 
but the thought of Shaw powering down that left flank as he did so often in the opening few games of last season is an exciting one. Um, Juan Mata scores Marino's first goal. Um, looks to be ironic, although I do think he might be kept. Um, Marino spoke of the need for specialist players in his first press conference, and Mata, in my opinion, is definitely one of those. If he if you build the team around him, not necessarily build the team around him, but allow him allow him to do what he does best, which is not to track back, then he he is definitely a specialist in the number ten role. I think Rooney will be the first choice there, but I'd like him as a squad player and. Maybe Mata won't accept that. All right, if he's not going to accept that, then fair enough, let's sell him. But we're, we're going to need players for the Europa League campaign, which is usually a pain to deal with. And although we'd like to play young players, Mata being uh, um, a very good rotation player with Rooney, because Rooney, as we know, is turning quite commonly into a form player, as we saw specifically last season, a spell of seven goals in seven games and then a spell of hours without a goal. So I think we could keep Mata, scores the first goal. Andreas Pereira scores the other goal, um, and hopefully he'll get a chance as well. He's on the pre-season tour squad. Right, let's move on to our China tour now. We flew out on Tuesday, but without many of our star players. Both Anthony Martial and Morgan Schneiderlin were part of France's Euro 2016 squad defeated in the final by Portugal and are not in the China squad because of that others who progress further and miserable little England are not available too like Fellaini, Damian, Schweinsteiger as well as Schneidlin and Marshall. England's trio is Smalling, Rooney and Rashford after our very early uh, departure from France are all included as well as Northern Ireland's Paddy McNair and Spain's David De Gea. Zlatan Ibrahimovic despite going out with Sweden at the group stages is still on holiday mainly because he's 35. Um, he's only likely to make his debut in Sweden when we play Galatasaray. After playing against Wigan, James Wilson isn't in the 25-man squad and neither are Guillermo Varela and Tyler Blackett. They're both excluded as well. Wilson appears to be on the verge of another loan move, while Varela and Blackett are rumoured to be on their way out. A permanent departure for those two, while Wilson is linked with a loan move to championship side Fulham. Cameron Borthwick Jackson's absence remains unknown. Having pulled out of the England under-19 squad a month or so ago, it seems likely to me that he may have picked up an injury in the Manchester Evening News, suggests that this could be a groin injury. Axel Twanzebe is included, which is good to see, alongside Timothy Fossumenzo as well. Uh, a few youngsters in there, Rashford of course, as well as Will Keane, Sam Johnston, Twanzebe, Fossumenzo, Andreas Pereira too. And Adnan Yanazai is back alongside good friendship, which seems to be blossoming Yanazai and Mkhitaryan after joining up at Borussia Dortmund last season. Mourinho spoke of his admiration for Twanzebe after his 10-minute debut against Wigan, a friendly debut. He said that with Axel, 10 minutes is enough, telling MUTV that the potential is there. You see it immediately. If anyone sees him for the first time, 10 minutes is enough to see the potential. So hopefully Twanzebe gets a few more games, especially with a few big names not included in the squad because of the, the tournaments. Marcus Rojo and Sergio Romero are both there, despite playing in the Copa America. That finished far earlier than the Euro 2016 tournaments. So that's why they're in there. To, to be fair, credit to Van Gaal for shorting it to two games in China. I think that will help. Often we've had too many games uh, abroad in our in our preseason tours. I think we saw that in Van Gaal's first season when we had the Chevrolet Cup, the International Champions Cup. I think we had a Guinness Cup as well. It, it became pretty ridiculous. So we, we've only got two games in China, one in Sweden, a Rooney testimonial, then we're on to the Community Shield. So I think that will help. The, the atmosphere is very different on a, on a preseason tour 
So it's good for the players not to have to be there for too long. Also, China is very hot. So, um, I mean, it's good to be training in that heat. So they're fit when they get back to England, but it's also quite hard to train there as well. And the facilities aren't usually as good as Carrington. So what are we going to be looking out for? There'll probably be a few tactical things that we can notice. Mourinho will be shaping his 18-man squad, maybe not his starting 11. He probably won't be able to find out from just this China tour, but he'll probably be shaping his 18-man squad for the Community Shield and the opening game away to Bournemouth. We'll probably see what his formation is going to be, although it's hard to tell. He's probably going to play a 4-2-3-1, as we saw uh, when he was at Chelsea in his three seasons back there in his second spell when he won the Premier League. We'll, we'll probably see where Mkhitaryan is going to play, where he's going to fit Wayne Rooney in. If the England trio do play any games, some are suggesting that they're just going to train with the squad and get, get the squad harmony. So we'll probably be looking out for a few tactical things. We'll definitely be looking out for the performances of Henrik Mkhitaryan after a good start against Wigan and Eric Bailey, of course. We'll also be looking out for the youngsters, Axel Twanzebe. Will Will Keane make uh, enough of an impact not to either go out on loan or be sold this summer? We kick off our pre-season tour against Borussia Dortmund. Henrik Mkhitaryan facing his old club almost immediately after joining United. That will be a big tour looking point. Facing Dortmund will also be interesting. They're a very good team. One of the best managers in the world in Thomas Tuchel, or certainly one of the managers in the bracket just below the, the Mourinho, Guardiola, Ancelotti category. Unlike Wigan, despite having Will Grigg, um, who's no longer on fire, Dortmund are genuinely one of the best sides United could face, particularly in terms of warming up uh, for the Europa League next season. It, it could provide a, a good warm up for that competition. And yeah, it's it's only a friendly, but then again, it's it's Mourinho. Even in soccer, aid, he was too desperate to win to let people have fun. The the man versus food man was hooked after five minutes or something because he wasn't playing well enough, and he trained for two years for that. So Mourinho could try to implement some of the tactics he'll use against bigger teams, particularly in the Europa League against Dortmund. Um, it's unlikely we'll see Rooney, Rashford, or Smalling as they've only just started training. This one is on July twenty second at one p.m. and that's British time. Sergio Romero may play in goal for one half, and Sam Johnston for the other. De Gea, another player who has only just begun training with the squad. It will also be interesting if Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is playing to see how Eric Bailey deals with a striker with such extreme acceleration and speed. So that could be one thing to look out for. <laughs> Our second preseason game is quite a strange one. Uh, the first meeting of Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho, a Manchester derby in the surreal setting of China. And to discuss uh, an odd Manchester derby, the first of, of what could be many under Guardiola and Mourinho, is City fan Josh Lawless. Josh, thanks for coming on. The last time you were on, back in March, and Marcus Rashford had retired Dimitris, or early retirement, and won us the Manchester derby in, in his debut derby. Um, a lot has changed since then, though. Yeah, obviously we've got the managerial change, much needed. Um, obviously with Guardiola coming in um, and replacing Pellegrini, um, I think he took us as far as he could. We were starting to regress, and we needed that um, that, that that managerial change. And obviously, we've got got Pep in. He's brought a, few, a couple of new faces in, um, and hopefully, we've brought a few of the young lads in as well. So it's exciting times um, for, for for Guardiola and City. Yeah, because it's not just a uh, transfers that are changing for you. You've, you've brought in the Probably the biggest sign of you is Ilkay Gundogan, although he is injured for the start of the season. 
Well, that's a big sign as well. Uh, a few uh, coaching staff uh, alterations from Guardiola as well. The same as we've seen at United with like Rui Faria coming in at United and, and Mourinho's men and Ryan Giggs leaving. Yeah, well, we've, we have kept a couple of the coaching staff off from the last couple of uh, seasons. Brian Kidd has stayed on um, in some capacity, which I think was, was, was needed because um, he's got a, a vast knowledge of, of English football. I think he'd um, maybe, you know, it helped Pep out a lot. Um, and then we've got the goalkeeping coach has stayed on. And I think that's, that's a good good move because um, Joe Hart and, and Willie Cavier were, were quite comfortable comfortable with him. We didn't really want to make that change. But then, yeah, as we say, we've, we've, we've brought in a lot of Pep's backroom staff, um, people that he's worked with um, at Barcelona and Bayern that he knows well, he trusts him. Um, and then he's brought in Mikel Arteta for his first uh, coaching coaching student so we'll have to see how uh, what sort of role he has um, in in the Guardiola project So we face you in Beijing I think and that's on July 25th I think you, you've got a few other friendlies as well as playing us I think like us you're also playing Borussia Dortmund and uh, Bayern Munich as well your Guardiola's first game against his old club Yeah big game for a pre-season apparently the whole reason the game is, is, is between City and Bayern is being played is it is apparently some sort of clause in the contract when Jerome Bolton signed for, for Bayern a couple of years ago. So yeah, you learn something every day. But yeah, um, big game. Obviously, the, both sides will be missing various key players, so they won't be at full strength. But still, um, it'll be a good spectacle, and it'll be weird seeing Guardiola on the touchline for City for the first time against his his previous employers. So it should be a good one. Yeah, you mentioned the key players missing there. When we face you, um, who's likely to to be missing and who's likely to be playing? Because we have people like Martial, Ibrahimovic as a new signing, as well as uh, Schneiderlin and a few others. Apart from the England lot, mainly the the Euro twenty sixteen players aren't aren't going to be playing against City. Any key people for you missing? Like Bakary Sanya, I think won't be playing. Yeah, Sanya is still getting um, a rest. Um, obviously, was in the the Euro final, so he's got um, an extended break. As is Mangala, who was also there with France in the Euros. Um, we've got a couple of the the guys um, who have played in the Copa America and the Euro. We went out on early stage. They've um, they'll come back into the fold for the China tour. The likes of Aguero, Silva, Joe Hart, Sterling. They, won't, they probably won't be, be and they probably be a bit behind in terms of their um, fitness levels and stuff. So they might not. They probably won't start the games. They might have some sort of cameo. But I'd imagine the, the lads who have been back at pre-season um, at the early stage, as soon as Pep started taking training, they'll be the ones who will be uh, in the frame to start against United in the, in the big game in China. And last season, we had a few City youngsters who, who actually shone out. Um, I, think, I think it was Cameron Humphreys against Real Madrid. And, and this season, you've got a few more as well. We have Axel Twanzebe, but... Really, uh, apart from the obvious names in Foster Mensah and Rashford, Twanzebe is, is the new name. Any new names for you coming in that, that could face United? Um, yeah, well, some of the lads who have been, um, the youngsters who have been there before, um, are back in the fold, as you said. Humphreys is in there. Um, Pablo Maffeo did play a couple of games last pre-season. Very impressive couple of displays that he had. And then he went on loan to Girona uh, in Spain. So he's back in the fold this time. Jason Denea is back. He'll both be trying to impressed Guardiola. He's been sent out on loan the last two seasons and it's sort of coming to the time where he, he either needs to, to be playing first team football, have some sort of role in the team or else he'll be, he'll be uh, forked out permanently. 
Um, Tolson Arabayo as well, another centre-half. Um, very talented. He's captain the under-18 side. He's still only 18 himself, but he's a, he's a really promising talent. Um, towering defender, lots of pace, very strong, good on the ball. All the attributes that you can uh, you can work with to, to to form a top central defender, so he could well be in uh, in Pep's plans this season. Hopefully, he'll impress in pre-season. Angelino's in there as well, good young fullback who's uh, who's still developing, but he's in the fold. Manu Garcia is in there, another Spaniard. Alex Garcia is in the mix. He was very impressive uh, against Chelsea in the FA Cup last season when we played a lot of. A lot of youngsters, um, and I do see him sort of being the our answer to Sergio Busquets. He's certainly in that mould in terms of his style of play um, and what he brings to the table. Um, and then Alex Zinchenko, the new signing um, that we've made, he, he sort of played a couple of games for Ukraine at the Euros, and we've brought him in for the tour. I don't know if he'll be be out on loan um, for this season, but obviously he'll be hoping to impress Guardiola. So he's a, a good young, good uh, youthful. Um, Sort of feel to the squad. We've got Brandon Barker, James Horsfield, two uh, two homegrown lads there. Um, Sinan Batik is in there, um, as is Bert and Selina. They're two very talented attacking players. So there's a good bunch of uh, of young lads in there. Um, I don't feel that they'll be sort of forcing their way into Guardiola's plans for the season because we, as a football fan, you you know you want to see some of your own, uh, you know, get a break in the side. Looking ahead to September, I won't ask you for a prediction on on a friendly which. Although it'll be very good for the, for the fans in China, it's pretty meaningless to us, even if it, it is interesting to watch. Um, but looking ahead, September, it's quite difficult to look that far ahead. We, we still might make more signings, particularly Paul Pogba, if unbelievably that could go through. Um, and, and so will you. But looking ahead to September and looking ahead to the season, do you think City will finish above United? And do you think that you'll beat us come September the 10th, the very early Manchester derby, like the United-Liverpool game where Martial scored last season. Do you think you'll beat us then at Old Trafford? It's hard to predict. A lot of things can change from now until then. Still time to, to make the big money signings. I think we're closing in on, on Leroy Sane. I think it would be a, a really good addition for us. And obviously United, heavily linked with Paul Pogba. Um, remains to be seen whether that will actually come off. But the noise is... You know, seem to suggest that it could uh, it could happen. I do. I would fancy us to to, to finish above United. Um, I think Chelsea will be strong this year as well. So I think it's between Chelsea, United, and City for the for the title. I think Guardiola will probably start slower than most City fans would expect him to do, just purely to get get to grips to the with the Premier League and what it's all about. And then we may peak, you know, later in the season. But I would expect I would expect us to finish above United. But anything anything can happen in the Premier League. We know. But on the, as, as for the derby, I think it'll be a, a close encounter. You know, a good spectacle. Interesting seeing Pepin and Jones there. The touchdown again probably probably won't be short of controversy and drama, but it will be a good one. And as a safe fan, I'm obviously going to say that we will get we'll get the win. But anything anything can happen in, in the Manchester derby. It's interesting because both Guardiola and Mourinho's sides generally tend to tend to peak in in the second season. Guardiola less so, but Mourinho Mourinho particularly tends to peak in his second season once he's inputted the the winning mentality and his own style of play, which we know is very specific to him. And Guardiola obviously has a very specific style of play as well, the the juego de posición. So, do you think the second season, not the not not this season, that's just about to come up, but Next season, 2017-18, could be the the real firecracker between Guardiola and Mourinho. Yeah, I think that that will probably be when 
when things really start to click for both both managers and they get the team playing exactly how they want them to play. There'll be probably a lot of experimenting this season as it's uh, their first time uh, managing at their respective clubs. So I would say the second season is when it's all going to be, it's all going to sort of blow up, um, and that's when we'll, we'll get all the exciting stuff. Hopefully, Guardiola does um, sort of can have, can have his um, can make his mark on the side quicker, very quickly. We need to to chop and change a bit um, in terms of the players that we've got. By the time he wants his, um, you know, the the city side that he wants, I would say that's probably the second season when he get the assemble a squad that he, he thinks can compete on all on all fronts with the Champions League, the Premier League, obviously the domestic cup. So I would say that this season we'll be looking to obviously to do as well as we can, but um, next the, the season after will be where we'll we'll be expected to dominate. Well, it will certainly be a strange. Derby, a, a really weird setting. I think it's the first outside of England. Well, most yeah. games now between Premier League sides are the first out of England. It's a it's a strange concept. But thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Cheers. So, a few final details. First up, we played Borussia Dortmund, July 22nd, 1 o'clock kickoff in British time. Then, the Manchester Derby, 25th of July, uh, 12.30 kickoff. Then, we played Galatasaray on July 31st. That's in Sweden before we come back to England and Old Trafford, our only pre-season game at Old Trafford. And you can still buy tickets to it if you want to go. Wayne Rooney's testimonial after 12 years at the club. That's against Everton before the Community Shield which is when we'll be back because that's all we have time for today. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. For any new listeners, we hope to see you back soon. Check out our website at manchesterunitedweeklypodcast.com for more about us, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at HarryRobinson64. Jack, who will be back next time when we present a Premier League season preview as well as looking at our chances in the Europa League. He is at, at UTD Tate, T-A-I-T, and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. P-O-D. Big thank you to Josh Lawler, City fan, for joining us, especially because after one recording failed, he had to come back and do it all again, and it was very kind of him to do that. So City, Dortmund, Galatasaray, then the Community Shield, as we're back at Wembley again. Our next episode will be after that game against Leicester City. We'll be previewing the season proper in a bumper episode. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Network.